Hey folks, welcome to Memphis. Before we get into this episode, I do have to let you know that we suffered some technical issues. Um, we had some video freezing and some of the audio was cutting out. I almost scrapped this episode, but Kara Conry just brings so much to the table. Uh, her insight is so valuable. So I chopped out as many of the glitches as I could, and I'm going to bring her back for another episode, but I'm hoping that you can just bear with me on this one. So I hope you enjoy, and if you can let me know if it's serviceable, then I would deeply appreciate it. Thanks. And we're recording. So tonight's guest is Kara Conway. Uh, Conway. Conray. Conry. Conry. Con Lord have mercy. Thank oh, Henri. Thank Henri Conry. We are 15 seconds into this thing. I'm already <laughs> screwing this up. <laughs> but it's it's on tape now. We're going. So there we go. So we're here with Kara Conry of Spirit Firearms Training. Kara, thanks a bunch for coming on tonight. Hi, pleasure to be here. So I first met Kara at the uh, Active Self-Protection Instructor Certification. And I tell you what, like that thing, it actually really kind of changed my life. It changed like the trajectory of the way that I teach because it wasn't about teaching people how to shoot. It was about teaching people how to teach, you know? And mm -hmm. There was a lot of trauma awareness training. There was a lot of empathy. Um, I found myself rooting for people that I didn't even know, like a couple of days prior, I didn't care about. And, you know, like I was, I was intrigued by you because like, you're very, I don't want to call it disarming because, you know, the way you shoot and the way you teach, you're a legit badass. Like I'm looking on your resume here <laughs> and you know, like this is, this is stacked. So like the about section on your website, it is absolutely stacked. You've trained with just about everybody. You train with Ed Monk and Tom Givens and, you know, like it's, it's amazing. Like you've been to Gunsight, you've been to, you know, um, the complete combatant, like uh, this thing is a mile long. So it's can not you long enough in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so and then you also have like a bachelor's degree of science in secondary education. Um, like, can you tell me a little bit more about like how you got started? I want to hear your origin story because every superhero has an origin story. Absolutely. Um, you would think I'd be like, I, I was a teacher in school. No. So uh, I grew up in Wisconsin. Uh, if you think quintessential dairy, black and white dairy cows, that's, the farm I grew up on, um, right on the Wisconsin, Illinois border. Uh, I went to college to be a geography teacher and started working for Walmart when I was in college and um, just never left. Uh, my husband also worked for, worked for Walmart at the time. And so we moved to, uh, I'm located in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is Walmart's home base. Uh, it is Walmart country. And we both, uh, worked at the uh, main office. And my intentions were after the summer to start substitute teaching and get a job full time. And I just got sucked into corporate environment, um, went from uh, just doing, you know, general administration work to helping people with their computers. And that snowballed into actually rolling into Walmart IT. And I learned, uh, I taught myself through Walmart uh, to program and worked my way up through the ranks until I kind of topped out technically without having a four-year degree behind me. Um, 
I jumped over to the customer side. I worked with transportation with the truck drivers and the units and dispatching and went over to that side and then started working with the customers and dictating to IT what to do and what they needed um, and did that for, I, I was at Walmart for 22 and a half years. Uh, so I did a lot of teaching within Walmart, even though I never had a position that had me teach it. It was helping people. Um, learn things, whether it was helping IT learn processes or helping end users not using technical language to understand why systems do what they do and how they have to do it. Um, in uh, 2016, 2017, my husband had left Walmart far beyond and, and started working from home. And <clears throat> we kind of decided that the stress of upper middle management at a, you know, large company was was uh, not sitting well health-wise with me. And um, I just decided to, to basically leave. <clears throat> and we went to, or I, I always had a passion helping people. So, and I love doing house stuff. You know, you watch HGTV and you're like, oh, I could do that. And I, I love to do that. Well, I have a friend. So I went to work for a friend. Uh, he was a, a a real estate agent and uh, eventually opened his own brokerage. So I basically manage his uh, office and I am a licensed agent in two states. And I, uh, it, it, you know, when you go into real estate, your time is your time. Uh, you dictate your hours kind of with any small business owner. Um, but I had time in my hands and I always was interested in, helping people kind of with the gun stuff. And so that's kind of in 2018, I signed up at that time. It was the well-armed woman. I signed up to take their NRA, the bundled NRA instruction course along with their course out at gun site. Um, so I did that in 2018. I come back here and I was really like, I just did it so that I could help out with the well-armed woman, uh, our local chapter. And, um, she kind of mentored me. She is my mentor uh, and uh, encouraged me to consider, you know, teaching and stepping out and uh, started teaching a little bit with her and then started teaching mainly. I do mainly conceal carry uh, courses in Arkansas. I do a lot of intro to handgun courses and I do private lessons um, and also have done some uh, intro to red dot. Uh, courses as well as some pepper spray. I've done uh, quite a few pepper spray sessions with, say, uh, church groups, moms, you know, moms day out church groups. They'll have me come in and and because a lot of women aren't comfortable necessarily uh, strapping a gun to them for protection, but they they have this innate sense of wanting protection, especially if they have children. And I think having that OC spray um, is is the big is is a a game changer for them. Um, not just having it in the purse, but truly understanding that is a tool is a very, very powerful tool that they have uh, that they can use to protect themselves. Um, and I still do real estate on the side. Uh, so I do two, I'm, I, I have two part-time gigs. Um, and I don't know what the future holds. Uh, I don't think at least for what I do in, in my forte, I don't think full-time, you know, firearms education is really uh, going to be there. Uh, I'm always open to it, but um, 
at least in our geographical area, we're, we're in Arkansas, and I think you probably see some of this in Tennessee too, that uh, my dad and my grandpa taught me how to shoot growing up. I don't need any formal education. Um, and so it's tough. We kind of fight that. I know how to shoot. I don't need somebody else to tell me how to shoot. And so that's the challenge I think we fight here and trying to grow the business is, has been, um, it, it gets challenging when you want to try and grow it. And so I've really found, um, my niche is working more, um, smaller classes, one-on-one -on -one, more private classes and, you know, working with, I I've, you know, worked with some corporate executives but they don't want their name out there. They don't want to sit in a class of 30 people. And so uh, my concealed carry classes max out at five people. I, I, uh, I really focus on a small, it's a more personalized um, conversation. I call it a conversation. It's not like I really teach is we sit around a table and we have conversations about the tough stuff. Um, it's really not, you know, to me, concealed carry is not about how to use the gun, even though we have to cover that. It's, it's the, the, the left of bang. How do I make that, that decision? Uh, how do I know, you know, get an idea something's maybe going to be wrong? And at what point legally can I use the gun? And should I use the gun? Or is it truly a must I use the gun? So, you know, in a, in a five minute nutshell, that's kind of my origin story. And I've been super blessed on the way again, to have a great mentor to, to pull me through and, uh, you know, being in, in where I'm at in Arkansas, uh, we are so blessed to have not just, not just, I have one mentor, but I have, you know, multiple other instructors in, in our area that we all get along and work with each other and encourage each other and, uh, train together. So it's, uh, that really helps when you've got a support group like that. Yeah, the um, what do you call it? Um, so there's the North Arkansas, the, I'm sorry, Northwest Arkansas. Um, we affectionately call them the NWA crew. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yes. you know, it's not the rap group. All right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, we but, could uh, try. We could try to be that. I'd buy a CD. I'd buy it. I'd download <laughs> it from iTunes. <laughs> yeah, parental discretion is advised. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of those guys. So there's uh, there's Rob Elliott, there's mm -hmm. Paula Davies, there's yep. um, there's Jamie Green, and yep. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know what? Can we get all? Can we get everybody together on the podcast sometime? Like I think it would be. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, would we have to talk about that. Yeah, we have to talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about it sometime. You know, and it doesn't have to be anywhere like have, immediate you know, or anything. And not just, you know, that group, but we have, you know, Arkansas is home to Ed Monk. I mean, you want, yes. you want mind blowing information and knowledge and background to talk about the active shooter situation. I cannot, you know, it, 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 it blows my mind that people don't want to bring Ed Monk, you know, to, to talk to them or, or have never heard of them. I, I just, I, I talk about him in every class to go, Hey, you know, this is, if this is somebody you need to go out on YouTube and start to listen to him, that he is, you know, one of the nationwide experts 
uh, in this, coming from a military background, coming from a law enforcement background, coming from a education. You know, he he worked in the schools. He he's got the full package. So uh, I think we're truly blessed. We really really are blessed. I mean, I can I can be at at his range in a few hours, and so. Uh, you know, I encourage other instructors, you know, get yourself a, a cadre to support each other. It's not a competition. There's there's not a competition to say uh, who's better. Everybody's going to find their niche. Everybody's going to find their place. Uh, I, but I totally encourage, you know, find find some mentors, find some people in your area. You don't even have to be mentors. Just work together. Ask them what's, what's working, what's not working. Um, things like that. So uh, it's, like I said, we're truly blessed here, truly, truly blessed to to have that group of people to have around us and encourage. And, um, you know, there was a, I don't know if you saw it, there was a post on Facebook, uh, I think it was in the Range Master group uh, that was asking about, you know, mentoring and how to, how to start as an instructor mentoring. And I, I you know, if you saw I remember that, that post, post. yeah. Um, you know, how, how to go out and get a mentor. I think it's hard to go out and pluck and choose a mentor, but you know, they do have to grow organically, but gosh, you know, don't, don't think you need a national instructor to be a mentor. Find, find the people are in your backyard. Um, you'll, you'll all be better for it. So, uh, just, that's, just just my tidbit to that, that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, my mentor. So, the way I came into the firearm space was via an apprenticeship. And, you know, I, I'm an apprentice of Will Dugan, who trained directly underneath Tom Givens of Range Master uh-huh. uh, back when he was here in Memphis. Like he was, you know, uh, he was one of the, the OGs right there. So the thing is, like, if you go online, if you go to Facebook or anything, no one knows who he is because, you know, he's a very, very much a local guy. He's not interested in the national scene at all. He does not want that kind of publicity. Um, so, and then also like going back to what we said earlier, there's plenty of work to spread around. There's so much work here just in Memphis that, you know, he's not really interested in, you know, like trying to attract people from other locales and he's not interested in particularly traveling very far. So, you know, he wants to serve the local community uh, the way that the local community has served him, um, which kind of brings me back to Ed Monk, because I think uh, the reason why a lot of people don't go to Ed Monk might be because, well, um, it's the whole, you know, already know how to shoot type of thing, you know? Yep. There's a buddy of mine. He went out to California and he went to a couple of matches and he was asking people like, Hey, have you ever heard of Tom Gibbons? Have you ever heard of Masada Yub? And the competitive shooters out there, had no idea who no. those guys were. So I'm thinking it's kind of the same thing. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Ed is he's a gem. And I think in the circles that that we are in, he 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 has our respect. He is well known. Um I think it's just getting that word out. Um and that's people like you and I teaching common people, hey here's somebody you need to go listen to. Um, you know, I, I think the struggle is, is, is you have the students we have typically, and I, I, unless, you know, somebody else has an answer for this, I, you know, getting somebody to be a repeat 
is hard. It's hard. They want to get that, that plastic card and they think that's, that's it. That's the end all be all. Um, and so, you know, if you try to host somebody uh, who, you know, like a, a John career or Neil Widener or a Brian Hill or an Ed Monk, they go, well, why would I go spend that kind of money to, to do those things? Or why would I spend an evening to go sit in a church and listen to Ed speak? Uh, I think it's, we try to quanti quantify that value, um, but it's hard for people who don't have, if they're not driven to that mission, it's, it's just doesn't happen. Um, and I think that's something we all struggle with is, is we could get more business. We, if, if people would be repeat um, it's, it's trying to really help them understand that shooting is like driving a car. If you were to not drive a car for five years and come back for your driver's license renewal, let's say you had to go sit with an instructor. So many people who come back to get their concealed carry renewed after five years, and they will literally offer up that they haven't shot in five years mm -hmm. since they renewed last time. So how do we fix that? How do we, how do we make that something that they feel like is important to do? I, I, I don't know. I don't have the, the, the crystal ball to that. If I did, man, I'd share that because I, you know, that's where we see, you know, we could have so many more people who would be more competent in, in, you know, protecting themselves. There are instructors that I know, not necessarily at like Top Gun Memphis where I teach, but like there's, there's other instructors that I know in the area where, you know, uh, they'll, they'll straight up offer up. Yeah, man, I haven't shot this thing in like three months. Carry it every day, right? Teach yeah. classes on it. Right. But you know, and it's just, for a lot of folks, it just comes down to logistical challenges like, hey, you know, right after this class, I got to go pick the kids up from the babysitter or, you know, right after this class, I got to go home yeah. and fix dinner. Um, I don't have another half an hour to sit back and, you know, and shoot, you know, um, I, I really like the idea that's going around with uh, with gun set right now, gun set training where, you know, basically Tom Gibbons card drill. You got a yep. playing card. Five yards, five shots, five seconds. Five seconds. And, I mean, it's just so easy of a, of a skills check, you know. Um, it's really kind of hard not to do it. So. Um, it's it's hard not to. It's it's it, I, it, I desire to do that. But if you're at a range where you can't draw the gun, you know, uh, and, and it does make an excuse, you can do it at low ready. But still, people got to get to the range. People have yeah. got to be willing to do that. Um you and I, we, we'd go do it every day if we could. Um, I, I don't know about you. I love running drills. I love that intense uh, intensity of stress and learning how to push through it, it so that I can be successful. We look at, you know, getting in that performance mode. And that's, that is truly something, you know, that I really want to work on this year is, is increasing my game under high level of stress. And how do we do that? Well, we, you can shoot competition. That's definitely one place that that timer itself induces stress. But I think it's finding out that perfect balance of uh, I, I'm an accuracy first shooter. I will admit yeah. that all day long. But when I'm asked to go to speed, 
I, I do have the ability to shut that accuracy off and just want to press that trigger. I hear the beep. I want to press the trigger and I need to get better at marrying those two together so that if I'm in performance mode, I'm getting my shots at the speed that I can get those shots at. And that's, that is, that is my goal for this year is to work on that. That's kind of my, my dangling fruit in the tree that I, I want to get better in performance mode. And I think everybody wants to do that, but I, I'm good at speed. I'm good at accuracy. I, I need to, to get those married together. So five by five drill, that'll do it all day long. Um, that, that is, you know, you go to Tom Gibbons and, and get that card. Uh, and O'Brien Hill is doing that in some of his classes. That's a coveted thing. You know, take those things, frame them. Because if you can do that under an instructor watching you running the timer, that 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 is a, a cool thing to do. So, you know, if, if you've got one of those cards, get it up there, frame it so that you can see that I can do that. But we don't leave it at theirs. We know that if we stop training this day right now, Mikos, you and I in in 72 hours, we're, we, we lose skill. And, you know, if we go three weeks, we aren't going to be the shooters that we are today. So I, I think that's part of it is is making sure my students understand how much I have to put into it. And I, maybe that scares them away. But when you tell them you only need to put about 10 minutes every 72 hours into it, you would think they could go find 10 minutes. But I get it. I mean, my dry fire really fell off this fall. You know, just life got crazy busy. Um, doesn't help if you're on a boat for, you know, two weeks and stuff like that. So um, I'm having to get that back. So that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, you know, challenges, being a part of uh, the Asp Dry Fire group where, where there's challenges to go, hey, somebody's, you're, you're being accountable. If you choose, um, I think those are great things. Yeah, I think so too. I absolutely do. Um, and that's where, that's where social media kind of helps, you know, like a lot of times social media can be uh, kind of toxic. It can be an echo mm -hmm. chamber, but you know, when you have like-minded individuals that push each other towards a common goal, <sighs> solid. Absolutely solid. Um, Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about um, about the we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, women shooters uh, training ladies, because that's something that's very, you know, it's very near and dear to my heart. I uh, I mean, I think every guy would agree that, you know, there's there's people in the family that we have that, you know, uh, that may have approached us about their personal safety, mothers, daughters, you know, wives, you know, uh, aunties and stuff like that. Um, if you had to, like, what I'm asking for is guidance. Like, what do I need to do in order to more effectively, you know, train the ladies in my life? Well, not particularly my life, but the ladies that we have that are customers and clients. Well, first of all, I think even when you talk about ladies in your life, um, for anybody who's watching this, you cannot force them to go do that thing. You know, I, I need you to go do this. No, it, 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 it's it, it's that you need to allow them to get to the point where they want it um, because it's like anything. If we don't want it, are we going to invest in it? Or are we just going to go through the motions if somebody's telling us they want us to do this? 
So I think uh, when I when I get people in the seats, they've invested some time and and money in doing that. And the first conversation. So when I have a a new shooter class, um, and again my niche is really small. I actually schedule my new shooter classes. They are private. They are all private classes, uh, and that's my choosing. Uh, could I change that? Absolutely. Um, but I think it's not who I am. Before we talk anything about guns, I say, tell me about you. Tell me why you're here. What what has motivated you for to get online or give me a phone call and say, I want this class. And so we talk through that. And I hear a lot is, I have kids now. You know, I've got a baby at home or I've just gotten married and we're trying to have a kid. And I feel this innate sense of, I need to be more of a protector or I'm a single mom. I think until that person decides that they have, they want, they have motivation behind it, which we want everybody to be that way because we're that way. Right. But it doesn't work that way. It is. I mean, I, I look within my, my family um, and I don't have kids, but I have three nieces that are the world to me. And I will do anything to protect them. And I've already encouraged all three of them, even years ago, that, hey, I'd like to see you get comfortable with a gun or at least know how to use the gun. And it was curious to see even the three sisters, how each of them reacted differently to it. And I would have never guessed the ones, the, the one who really took to it to be the one who took to it. And I thought the one who was going to really enjoy it and go, Hey, I really like this said, I don't think this is for me. And you know what? That's okay. You know, that's where, um, I I've gone through private classes with a person and we get to the range and we may shoot one or two shots and then they go, Kara, I don't, I don't think this is for me. And that's when we start having other conversations of, well, here's, here's what we can do, you know? I'll offer them to come back another time. You know, let's say it's busy at the range and um, just the other noise. But sometimes they just get overwhelmed and they need to step away. And and I don't have to tell you. I mean, you have a wife. You know that we are wired differently. We are emotional. We we cry at the range. That's that is who we are as women. And I think that's where the struggle is. Is if we continue to push those people who have hit that emotional limit, you can, you can do more damage than you can do good. Uh, so I really find that teaching women, we have to be very careful with and understanding where they're at emotionally, because if, if they're hitting a limit where it, it, it's, it's doesn't meet the mission for them, then we start probably doing more detriment than good. Um, I know that's kind of a, 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 a way around it, but I think we have to look at each person, just like we learned that we have to teach each person differently. We have to understand each person has different levels of emotions. And especially with women, we have to, we have to really watch that at the range because our emotion comes out very differently. Um, I was in a, I was in a training scenario uh, doing some simunition um, and it was a, it was a male teacher, uh, and it, he had his wife there as, uh, as they were both teaching it. And I was there with two other women and I had, 
you know, we went through some learning and I made, I, I went through a scenario that I quite honestly failed at because I didn't put into play what I had learned. And we were kind of recapping it. And at one point, I mean, I was, I was struggling because I was trying to hold those tears in. I was trying to hold that emotion in. And it took one of the other women to notice that. And I think the male instructor did something fabulous is he excused himself. He says, I'll, I'll, you know, he, he basically stopped what we were doing and he, he just left for a while as I had my women around me and I worked through it. And five minutes later I was fine and we pushed through and, and we're back in the game. So it's not like we have to completely tune out, but I think it, it's hard for some instructors to see women have emotion and think that emotion is they're done. They're, they're, they've tuned out. Men, men will, will funnel a lot of that into anger if say they made a wrong choice. And so they, they might get a little angry, but then you're over it five minutes later. It's just, we display it differently. And so I think it's important for, uh, especially male instructors working with uh, females that they understand that we have just, we have different emotional responses. So, and understanding that if, if we have a, a spouse or a father encouraging that person, because I've had it, we've all had it, where somebody is sitting in class because somebody said, I, I bought your ticket, I want you there. And that's where, our, because I have that person one-on-one, I can take that class any route I want to. And so it, we always, I, I've never had a time yet where we don't up, end up at the range. But I've had times where we're at the range for an hour or we have times where there's been two shots and they said they're done. And I'm not going to force them if they're done. I'm going to offer them additional, you know, if they want to come back and try it again. But we've got to learn that that when it's like anything else, no is no. No is no. And if they're done, they're done. So or if they don't want to, husbands, fathers, don't push them. Please don't push them and don't go out and buy them a gun. Please do not go out and buy them a gun. The best thing <laughs> you can do is encourage them to go to class. Yeah. Find an instructor who, who is, who is letting them, who, who can bring a group of, of, you know, equipment for them to try, but don't go out and buy them a gun. You're not doing them a favor. You're doing them a favor to say, Hey, you know, I think going to a class would be a good thing. Uh, the favor of going to the gun store and putting the pink sky semi-automatic in their hand or the five shot revolver uh, oh, up front. My. I'm not saying any of those are bad guns, but, but if you give somebody something that doesn't work well for them initially, then it, it's going to give them a bad taste in their mouth. Um, so it, it that's, I've got a lot, you know, there, we can get very opinionated about that. So I, I think the best thing is, is tune into your students, know what their, know what their emotional level is and know what their mission is. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think you really hit a nerve with me there. Like you can't force people to, to do this. Like you can't just buy your spouse a ticket and just, you know, say, Hey, we're booked for this and I need you to go. Like, that's not going to work because She's not going to be bought in. I think that's 
That's such good stuff. I hope you mind if I'm taking notes here. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. So I um, feel like I'm bunny trailing into five different places. So <laughs> yeah, I've never done this before. So it can it can go all over the place. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> so uh, let's see. So mostly private lessons, mostly small private parties and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yes. And I think that is absolutely fantastic. I think it's important to keep the the class size small. Um, let's see. Well, Speaking and I don't necessarily know if it's important because there's a lot of successful instructors who can teach and get to 30 students in a class. I know yeah. that's not me. So I'm, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's, it's not my way. I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's the only way. I think that's just my niche. And so I'm going to own it. I'm never going to make, a bunch of money in one class because it's not, it's not who I am. So I, you know, it was funny because uh, you know, John Korea, you know, I had a conversation with him, you know, about this kind of all of this and go, how, how do I grow the business? And he said, you, you need to own your niche. And he said, your niche is small. And he said, own it. And, and I never looked at it that way going, but I want this, but I want, you know, we look at what other people have. And it's so hard in this day and time to not want success that other people have. But I think it's, it's, it's refreshing for somebody to say, own what you have. You know, I've got a gift and I'm using this gift in, in how I, I think how God has put it in my life. And it's, it, if it doesn't grow, that's fine because it's not for me to decide that. But if that's what he's going to continue to give me, then I'm going to continue to rock it. I'm still going to continue to schedule. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I am thrilled for how many students I get to teach each year in a small class format. And so I, I can't ask for anything more than that. I definitely agree. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for every person that walks through that door. Absolutely. Everyone that, you know, Everyone that even sends an email saying, hey, you know, what's your availability? Like everyone, every single one of them. So let's, uh, we, we mentioned John Correa, right? Mm -hmm. um, can we talk about the active self-protection instructor certification for a second? Absolutely. Because, you know, like that was really, that really touched me. Like what were your main takeaways from, you know, from the class? And well, from first the, of all, I should call it a I, program. Like you said, it is life-changing. I was quite honestly, scared out of my pants to do it. Um, because first of all, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it by myself. You know, I didn't want to go in with a bunch of strangers, but quite honestly, I would have been fine. But it just happened, you know, that, that, you know, <laughs> not only did I not have a bunch of strangers, I had, you know, people surrounding me that, that love me, care for me and encourage me. Um, I am not a reader. So here's, that's why it scared me. I, you don't see me walking around with the book, even, even having audible was not in my forte at all. Um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from video and, and quite honestly, I learned from other people. I didn't learn for Kara. I didn't learn for myself. And so the one thing that program taught me is I need to learn for myself. I am, I'm, I'm proud of myself that I did it. 
I actually was able to read those books and comprehend, uh, you know, it took a lot of effort. That was, that was a challenge. And, you know, we learn the best sometimes when we're really pushed to the edge of challenge and struggle. Um, so I took a lot away for myself. It gave myself a little more confidence um, in knowing that I could do something that was really, really difficult. Uh, as well as, you know, some adult learning theory, uh, you know, you would think, hey, Carrie, you went to school to be a teacher. Yeah, but but everything that we focused on uh, in education was how do I train? How do I teach that junior high student? How do I teach that high school student? Um, a subject that does not invoke a ton of emotions or that does not have two sides pounding on each other. Uh, to go, well, well I'm anti-gun or, and so, so I think that, that program really helped me understand how to connect with my students, connect with each and every student differently. And, and again, maybe it's because my brain can't handle doing that with, with a classroom full of people. Um, and that's okay. Again, but, but it helped me learn to connect with each of my students, help identify which ways they're learning. Uh, even just sitting in a classroom, uh, you know, going through law is picking up on that and, and keep feeding that and taking that physically to the range to to make them make it the best experience for them that we can. So and, yeah. and again, got to meet some great, great people through that and, you know, expanded my network. Uh, obviously, Mikos, you're part of that network now. Um and you know, just opened my eyes to a lot of things, mainly internally. It was mainly internal, an internal journey for me that um, that I think made me a better person, made me a better spouse, made me a better instructor. I hope that you know more people, like more instructors, would consider the active self protection instructor certification. Because, you know, man, it, uh, I don't want to say it fixes people, but daggum, like, it really forces you to take a, a a magnifying lens to your own soul and just kind of think about, okay, what needs to be filled in here? You know? It expose, exposes, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to expose some things in you. Um, because it, even at a level of, of the amount of work you have to do. And you start getting under stress and, and it exposes of what, what am I willing to give? What am I willing to pour into this to make, to make it or to be successful in that? Um, but I don't, you know, do, do all instructor certifications have value? Yes. Honestly, I can walk into a class that maybe is taught by, a, you know, anybody and pull something away doesn't mean I'm always pulling something that I'm going to incorporate away, but it might go, oh, I don't like it when that person did that. I need to look internally and go, do I do that? Is that something that I need to watch out for and make sure that I don't do these things? Because I see how it reflects off as a student. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, I absolutely, I would love to see instructors go through that program. Unfortunately, you know, too many people can hang their hat on that three-letter word to say, I'm an instructor, 
Yeah. When, you know, you and I could almost take somebody off the street, give us three to four hours and, and they could pass that qualification to be that instructor. Um, you know, I look at my, my first instructor certification beyond that was Tom Gibbons. And, you know, Tom is it learned a ton. I learned a ton from Tom, whether it was from Tom or from my mentor who first went to Tom to, to train. But the fact is, 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 you know, you pull things away from Tom Gibbons class, you pull things away from Brian's Hill class. Everybody's got a perspective that, that we can, it, it's great because we're going through the grocery store and you can go, I like this from this aisle. And I like this from this aisle. And, and we make ourselves our own, even though we steal a little bit of, you know, everybody, you know, through, throughout our training, you know, career. And that's why I said, my training list isn't long enough. There are people, if I had the opportunity, I would probably train as much as I teach, you know, logistically and financially that can't happen. Um, I probably would have a husband that would say, I need you to be home more. Um, even though he's wildly an, an introvert that I keep saying he lives in a cave because he does. He he would not open blinds if I didn't open them and turn lights on. But um, <laughs> and I love him. We are so polar opposites. Um, but but we he balances me and I balance him. So but but the fact is, is I, I think there's a lot of value to instructor certifications out there. Um, and, and I think that's why John in his instructor certification said, you know, this isn't about shooting. And so many instructor certifications are about shooting. Yes, you've got to meet some goals, but I think it takes it above and beyond some of what the other instructors have done is, is gosh, a lot of this stuff is just for life. It is just life learnings to be a better person. Yeah. Because can we be a good instructor if we're not a good person, genuinely good person? Now, we all have faults. I have faults. I mean, I have wronged people in my life at and learned to say I'm sorry and I made a mistake. Um, then then we've got some work to do and I still have work to do. I'm there's, you know, nobody on this green earth that is perfect. And. I want to learn more. I, I love being a student. I, I do. I, I just, I really, I shine when I can be a student myself too. <laughs> so um, man, I'd love that CV list to be a lot longer. So, I'll, you know, work on a little bit every year. That's, that's what we can do. Yep. That's all we can do. And I don't know. I'm just kind of grateful for folks out there like, like John and Brian Hill and Ed Monk and guys like that, that allowed me to be a student. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I I'm, I get so passionate about this thing because it allows me to, to deliver that same message, that same feeling to others. And I think it's super important. Um, can we, can we talk a little bit about, you know, Brian Hill of the complete combatant, because you took the, uh, what was it? Uh, the deliberate coaching class, right? Yes. Yes. How and, was uh, that? <laughs> it, 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 quite honestly, we were, I was one in one of his early classes in that. And that would be another one I would go through because I think I will, I will put money on it. That class has evolved 
vastly into a, 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 a even even better class than when I took it. Um, it it is you know we looked at a lot about where where John looks you know internally. I think Brian is a great diagnost or diagnostician. That's what I'm going to call him. Yeah, um, I've never seen anybody who can can look at somebody and understand the muscle groups that they need to activate or deactivate to make them a better shooter. And so what I took away from, from, from Brian's instructor certification was really observing the shooter and observing what they're doing and observing uh, hands and, and, you know, I, I never, you know, watching how we clench our muscles and seeing what, tendons activate so i really took a yeah. lot away from him on that and and understanding i think he he also understands emotional quotient very very well and understanding uh, what people are thinking or how they're reacting internally to what they're doing and it seems like he can pinpoint that stuff well and i still i, I wish you know again i could go to the grocery store and i, I want to take a few of those and put them in my my bookshelf. But um, again, his, his class, I, I think that is an instructor certification I would love to redo at some point, just because I think in the, I think it was two years ago, I took it very early on when he had started that class. And so I'm, I am sure it is even better than it was then. And it was mind blowing then it was, I walked away and, and, you know, just like, with the ASP instructor certification, I walked away. I was tired, but man, I learned a ton. And that's kind of how I walked away from that weekend. I was tired and I worked hard, but I, I learned a ton. I want to take it. I want to go to Delonica and I want to take it. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. So well, come, 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 come. So, so where is, where as, his deliberate coaching focuses on the student. He has taken that and that's where his inner game, the shooting is about focusing on us. So we, we are hosting him in June. Come to our neck of the woods and take some inner game of shooting. Let's see. Sorry. I'm just taking some notes here. Take some notes on that one. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that'd be a fantastic reunion. Oh my gosh. Oh, I need to get up with uh, Tyler. I'll give him a ride. I'll roll down there. Yeah. So, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we better. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look into that. I'm gonna take a look into that. So, let's see. We're almost out of time. Um, Kara, can you tell me a little bit about some of the uh, the future projects that you have going on? Some of your passion projects. Oh, yeah. That's right. So before the show, we were talking about games, right? Like <laughs> there's, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little, you know, uh, scatterbrained, but you know, before we get into that, how about we finish up the original thought? What other projects do you have coming down the pipe? What does 2024 look like for you? Oh goodness. Like you said, 2024, I'm really focusing, you know, like you said, improving my performance. Um, student wise, I, I, I am, um, I'm involved with uh, church security at, at, uh, with my church and a few other churches. 
And so, you know, taking what I learned with Ed um, through his active shooter instructor certification course, I am building a probably a half a day um, course for, uh, again, you know, not just my church, but other churches. I, I, my goal is to, and I've kind of gotten some of the curriculum written. I, I want to build a course where, uh, again, because people don't want to commit a lot of money and time. So I'm trying to figure out how do I, how do I convey, um, and, and focus on that, the event itself, you know, first of all, we have the decision-making. So, but the event itself, what was eye-opening from Ed's class? And I had to have, and it was actually, again, Jamie who pointed that out to me because we had class together is the first time I went through a scenario with Ed. So, you know what I'm talking about with the scenarios he has, he has dummies and targets set up. And when it was my turn to go in there and hear, I hear the gunshots. I started clearing corners to go in there and I didn't really understand that until Jamie's like, but is that really what you're going to do? You have friends, you have loved ones in there. You, you, you know, it's, it's, if they're, if somebody is, is doing security with their church, we know that, that from what Ed says, we have two enemies with that active shooter situation. Yes, we have the shooter itself, but our biggest enemy is time. And is it my mission to go clear corners to go find the shooter and snipe them down? No, my mission is we need to stop it now. And so that was, I still get chills thinking, why did I think that I was law enforcement that I'm going to, you know, clear corners to go into a room uh, when there's could be kids in that room. I need to go in and take care of the situation. And so that, you know, and hearing the noise and the strobe lights, that's what I want to replicate to go. It's, it's one thing to talk about it, but here, let's go through this and then let's, 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 decompress that. So I'm trying to figure out how to take Ed's, you know, two day course of understanding, you know, and and we can take out the whole understanding part of it and the statistics and boil it down to what might our typical church uh, active shooter look like? Where is it typically going to start? You know, and then take what John Korea brings in when he talks about church security to go, church security starts with your greeters. It starts with, you know, and it's not just that shooter. And, and I want to take, you know, there's so much curriculum I want to build out because I don't think we have good curriculum uh, locally, locally. You know, again, uh, I think Ed, Ed, Ed is top. Ed is the one nationally. That's that is yeah. he is the person. If a church yeah. can bring him in, man, they should bring him in. But you know, you've got a lot of small churches that don't have that budget. And so I'm trying to meet that niche to go, how can I meet that need in a smaller budget, also in a smaller time crunch? Because again, let's be honest, how many of those people are going to commit two days to a course or even a full day to a course? Uh, it needs to be half a day. It needs to be three or four hours because again, we think about emotional response. You and I, can go sit and train day after day after day. And we know what that feels like. And we are prepared to deal with that. But a common person who's not done any intensive gun training is going to tune out after about three hours. So 
Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to do this on a shoestring budget, you know, because buying those dummies are not cheap. Um, but it's to really do a little bit of mindset and then uh, and, and go through the scenario. But then I also want to spend a lot of time with them decompressing after that scenario and talking through what they felt like they did right, what they did wrong, not pointing anybody out. But I'll be the first to admit every time I do a scenario, I learn something. And, and you know what? It's the mess ups that stick with me and that goes, okay, I need to look at hands better because I got shot in simunition because I was not, I, I didn't look at somebody's hands. I didn't ask to see their hands or I didn't, I didn't do this one thing properly. You know what? That's what stays with us. And so I want them to experience that to realize, first of all, is this something they're willing to do? Because Let's face it, if you're going to be, if you are volunteering to do that, I, I think anybody who does church security and volunteers for it. But the fact is, they're signing up for a tough job um, that may never happen. Uh, you know, the statistics tell us they're never going to ever have to do this. So again, how much time and money do we expose to that? I don't know. And so I'm trying to fit, fit that niche uh, with with the, the churches in my area, um, again, because I've got an opportunity, unique opportunity that I work with my church. Um, my, my, we, we have a saying that calls, we, we worship one, serve one. Well, my serve one is I serve my security team with education and at a shoestring budget. I do not make them pay for classes like I would make a regular person pay for classes. So that is my give back. Um, so how do I do that with other churches that maybe I don't attend, but I want to get the same valuable information across and the same experience across. So that that's my, honestly probably my biggest project for 24 is how do I engage the church people, especially the ones who carry a gun to take it seriously that just because you have that gun on you doesn't mean you can make that 25 yard shot when the, when the time is necessary. I think that, I think the most eye-opening thing Ed teaches beyond his scenarios is the walk back drill. Yes. Probably one of the first things that, that I will ever put a church person through is really helping them understand you have to know what your reliable distance is. And, and figuring that out. And quite honestly, most of them is probably five yards. Uh, and that's where you, you have no choice but to run into that scenario and, and make that distance five yards. And so that's, that's very, very eye-opening. So, yeah. and, and it's, I, I see the tide starting to change a little bit uh, within people who have come to me to train because out of the, I tried to remember how many, what the number is of church security people who, who carry guns in my, uh, I, I call it umbrella of a church because it's not one congregation, it's umpteen congregations. But how many of them have truly gotten serious to say, because when they come, when they come to me to train, they basically pay bare bones range fee. They cover my gas to get there and targets. That's, that's all I'm earning because again, it's my give back, but I've had very few of them take me up on it, but the tide is starting to change. I feel it. I've got a couple of people now who 
are getting into dry fire. Um, they're, they're, you know, that we talk about, man, I could go on all day about dry fire tools too. Um, <laughs> you know, it, how valuable, uh, something, you know, like, like the Mantis is or laser Academy to, to give them some feedback because dry fire is one thing. If you're not, if you're not honest with yourself, you might think dry fire, you're successful at it. But man, when you got some tools to give you feedback, um, that's, that's another story. So it's, it's, it's helping them understand again, the value. It's what their mission is and what's the value to them. And yeah. I was very, a, a couple of weeks ago, I had one of the guys who I had trained previously approach me and he literally says, Kara, I'm, I'm ready to get serious. And I'm like, okay, then let's, this is what we're going to do. And I'm, I'm willing to mentor you through this. And quite honestly, the reason why he wanted to get serious is they're thinking about adding a child to the family. And he says, one child, I think I'm fine with, but now if we're, if we're going to have two, this is, he says, I, I don't think I'm, I'm good enough right now for two. I mean, he, it, it's the fact that he wants to be able to protect his family. Now, is that going to bleed over into church? Absolutely. And the things I'm working with him on, guess what? He's starting to, to preach that gospel out to other people who are part of the team. So yeah. my, my goal is, like I said, this year, I'd like to have at least one church class, a live fire church class that I could offer to people in the area to give them a taste of Ed Monk, but also to give them a feel for what that might feel like if it truly happens. But to also to help them understand that's a very, very small possibility. That's such a great idea. Yeah. Just let him have a little sip. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's yes. such a great idea because, you know, they need something, right? Um, Absolutely. So, gum. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Well, we are at 59 minutes. <laughs> and we didn't even um, talk about the game, see? We didn't even talk about the game. Because, <laughs> like, I started bonus, out. bonus footage right here. <laughs> and uh oh my gosh yeah i and uh yeah i seriously started nerding out about you know about games yeah dadgum <laughs> i yeah. for context everybody who's there i panned my camera to the left and showed mikos my wall um of of games so and it's not even all of them it, the, the numbers are in triple digits so the wall is magnificent. Like it, it, it is. It's insane. How about we just say it's insane? It's insane. Like yes. when she showed me that wall, I heard like cherubs and a choir. <laughs> it was oh, and yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was geeking out. So I guess at some point, I got to bring you back on here so we could talk about the games. I gotta, you know, we gotta. Do yeah, that. that's that's totally firearm yeah. related. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i gotta bring you back on with uh you know we gotta talk about the nwa guys uh the uh the northwest uh arkansas folks and oh my gosh um i just i'm just so grateful for the time that you've given to me um i really just do appreciate it i really do enjoy it thoroughly i i i was honored for you to ask for me to join you here and Kara, thanks a bunch and um, and so everybody that's listening and everybody that's watching, I just want to say thank you so much for for spending your time with us. Um, there's a million other things you could have been doing with your time, 
you're going to miss spending time with your family or at work, earning some extra money, but you're spending it with us. And that's not lost on us. We just really appreciate it. Kara, thanks again for coming. We got Kara Connery from, you know, Spirit Firearms Training. And thanks a bunch. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. And folks, welcome to Memphis.